Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Fruitful Vine Podcast. I'm here with my pastor, Pastor Joel Urshan. Pastor Urshan, you having a good day so far? It's blessed. Blessed of the Lord. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Yeah. It's a good day. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful spring day here in the city of Cincinnati. Uh, Just enjoying everything going on. Kind of headed into summer. Right. Temperature's starting to rise. Excitement is starting to rise. Uh, School's out. Yes, you can you can feel it. That's always a good day. Yeah, and uh, the, the the mood of 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 everybody just elevated. That's right to a, to a good a good place. That's right. That's yep. right. School's out. Vacations are being had. Camps yes. are on their way. Yes, just a great day. Yes, that's right. It's a great day. Uh, today we are going to get into uh, the topic um, that maybe doesn't look like it aligns so much with this beautiful spring summer day here in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about um, fear today. Yeah, it is a heavily uh, talked about topic, especially over the past three years. Um, before we dive into the um, the biblical definition, the biblical approach of fear, uh, I know that you are afraid of of something. A very little. A very, a very few, little. Very, very few. Little. Um, but there are some. But there are some things. One of which is heights. Correct. Um, would you ride a roller coaster at Kings Island? You know, that's a really interesting thing because I, for a long time, I would not. Like, as a young person, I didn't want to ride roller coasters. And then I did. And uh, and and I enjoyed it so much. Really? Oh, yeah. I rode, I rode all kinds of roller coasters, upside down, uh, all the different moves and yeah. maneuvers they make. And then one day I uh, just decided I didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it it kind of just happens. It was like a, it was a season of faith yes. <laughs> for that lasted for a few years. Yeah. And then I, um, I, yeah, it was like the Lord just took that desire out of my heart. <laughs> yeah. So you can say at least you did it. I did yeah. and I enjoyed it. Yeah. But, but my, my concern about heights uh, has to do with kind of free standing. Uh, so, for instance, flying airplanes, I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, High-rise, sky-rise uh, hotels, buildings, I'm good with all of that. But if, um, if I'm looking over a railing, mm. I mean, if it's, if it's two or three stories high, yeah. uh, if I go above the sixth step of a ladder... No, we're we're talking about a different situation at that point. Yeah, and uh, I I think it's a healthy caution that it the is Lord has given caution. me. Yeah, <laughs> I remember a, a couple of years ago, someone was in the sanctuary changing like the light bulb in the yes. projector on a sixteen yes. foot ladder, yes. like on the top of the sixteen foot ladder. Right, definitely not safe. Uh, right. And I think you came in and you were just like, oh. My yeah. Lord in heaven. Yeah. You were just this you were this, then worried for them. Yes. Fearful can, for them. This cannot be so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I'll I'll share that sixth rung and we'll just <laughs> we'll cheer on the people who climb to the top of That's the right. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Well, as we um as we transition out of fear of heights and fears of, of different things like that, uh there have been things running rampant through our culture and through our world yeah. and society in the last um, three years, maybe in, in 2020, one of the most heavily quoted scriptures was that 
we have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Right. Um, we've been uh, casting out fear. We've been driving out fear. We've had uh, we've had a faith over fear. We we are right. we are so um, wanting to be far removed from this idea of fear. And I think it was actually um, maybe during 2020. On, in September, I think, you had a Wednesday night where you talked about the fear of the Lord. Um, and then I think you've preached that message out um, since then. And I've heard people uh, remark about that message that it almost like alters their mindset about the idea and concept of fear. Would you just kind of dive into that topic from from the start today? Absolutely. It's a, it, I believe it's a, a beautiful truth to understand the fear of the Lord. Um, I, it, you mentioned 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, it's important, I think, to note that that usage of the word fear is, I think it's the only time in the Bible that it's used mm-hmm. in that way. Uh, and it means timidity. If it's not the only time, it's, it's one of the only times. Um, it, it, it means timidity in 2 Timothy 1.7. So it's saying God has not given us the spirit of timidity or cowardice or backwardness when it comes to standing up for what is right and doing what is right. So that's a really important distinction to make about that word used in that verse. So that verse is telling us God has not given us a spirit of, of backwardness, cowardice, timidity, being afraid to do what's right. But he has given us power, love, and a sound mind. And I believe that's, pro- that's a progression that we see there. Uh, his power, his love, uh, those two things to know about God will produce the sound mind. Yeah. When you know that God has all power and, and there's, there's nothing that he cannot do. There, there simply is nothing he cannot do. That is a, a, a powerful thing to know about God, that God has all power. And then to add to that, that God has all love. Right. That God, is this, God has this love that is beyond anything we can comprehend. It, it's unsearchable. It's unfathomable. Um, those two truths about God, if, if only one of them were true, it would be uh, less effective. Uh, if he only had all power, but he wasn't loving, uh, then that'd be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> if he only had all uh, love for us, but no power to back it up, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be uh, effective. But the fact that he has all power and he has this perfect love that is enough to give his people soundness of mind, reasonable thinking, rational thoughts, the ability to take a breath, catch yourself, and realize I actually have nothing to fear because my God, who is my Father, who created me, he has all power, and he loves me with a perfect love. So that's a beautiful thing to know about about uh, how the spirit of fear in the context of timidity is removed. That's one of the reasons that perfect love casts out fear. Right. Because 
perfect love is able to remove fear in the in the sense that that we have confidence in the love of God and and that perfect love includes his power so then that brings us to the concept of the fear of the Lord right and you know we have said we've tried to explain this before um, and I think it confuses some people because the same uh, scripture that tells us uh, to fear not is the same uh, scripture that tells us to uh, fear God. So, so people have a hard time sometimes reconciling those, those seemingly mm-hmm. uh, competing concepts. But they're not competing concepts at all. In fact, something very important to know about the Word of God, the Word of God does not contradict itself. And right. if you come across a passage that you think may contradict with another passage, you're not, you're not discovering a contradiction. You're actually on the precipice of discovering a profound truth. Yeah. And so, so dig deeper into it, and it's going to enlighten you and uh, bless you greatly for the rest of your life. And the fear of the Lord is one of those things that, you know, we understand the Bible teaches us to fear no evil, to, to, uh, to fear not, neither be afraid, not let our hearts be troubled. Um, and then it tells us to fear God. The things the Bible says about the fear of God and fearing God are, are life-altering. Uh, the fact that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge, uh, that the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear God. Uh, so many, the Bible says that the, that the, law, the fear of the Lord is clean and that it endures forever. Uh, there are so many references to the fear of God that are uh, powerful, that are uh, life-forming, and, and breathe life into the, 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 the good that God is trying to accomplish into our life. So we want to fear God. We don't want to fear anything else. Right. And so what that fear means is moral reverence. It's a moral reverence. It's, it's a revering of something that is, that is morally good. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's, a, there's an element of worship in that where you recognize that this thing, is, this thing has power, uh, this thing has has this enormous uh, advantage over me, and my fear of it is my reverence for it. And it, it's a moral f- reverence in that I revere it so much, it changes my behavior. Hmm. I begin to adapt my behavior to its expectations because I have, I have placed it upon the pedestal of reverence. Wow. So that's what, that's what the fear of the Lord is. The, the moral reverence. So when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That statement, I will fear no evil, he is saying, I will not morally revere evil. Why? Because moral reverence is reserved for God. Yeah. 
moral reverence does not belong with anything but God because only God is worthy of moral reverence. So the scripture says something that, uh, the scripture says it this way, fear hath torment. Okay, and that's, of course, it's the Bible saying it, so it's true. Fear does have torment. But the reason fear has torment is because we place it in the wrong things. So we put our fear many times in, in uncertainty. We put our fear in a sickness. We put our fear in a calamity. We put our fear in a tragedy. Right now, there are people listening to this podcast. You're, you're struggling with fearing the unknown. You're struggling with fearing what if this happens? What would I do? And your mind is plagued by that all-consuming fear. What's happening there? You are morally revering something that doesn't deserve your moral reverence. God deserves your moral reverence, not the possibility of a calamity developing. That doesn't deserve your moral reverence. God deserves your moral reverence. So put your moral reverence in God in the same way that you would put your faith in God and nothing else. Put your fear in God and nothing else. In the same way you would worship God, but would worship nothing else, fear God and fear nothing else because nothing is worthy of your moral reverence. Nothing should have the power over you to the extent that it changes the way you behave and, and, and causes you to change your principles and your way of believing and your way of living because it has convinced you of its superiority. Mm-hmm. Even, our, even our honoring of authority is rooted in our fear of God. This is why the Bible says, fear God and honor the king. It's in that order. Yeah. Fear God, honor the king. Honor your mother and father. The honor that you have for your mother and father is rooted in your fear of God. And in fact, it's attached to a promise so that your days may be long upon the earth. And the antithesis of that, there's an inference there. (laughs) It's kind of a warning. Hey, if you don't do it, he who has the power of life and death in his hand, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to answer to him. And so your honoring of your father and mother is rooted in your fear of God. Your honoring of of, of civil government. And of course, we understand from the... Uh, from the uh, precedents of Scripture, we understand that our honoring of civil government is in conjunction to our fear of God. So when the civil government begins to contradict God and try to force believers into a position of dishonoring God, that's where we draw the line because our honor of government is rooted in our fear of God. So we fear nothing but God. Yeah. I... um... I, I I feel like people may say, but there are so many things that uh, are maybe justifiably warranting my fear. Mm-hmm. And maybe from a certain point of view, they may be correct. Mm-hmm. When you have a bad report from the doctor, when you have an uncertain future, when, when there are financial troubles or health troubles, these are things that you could step back and say, yeah, that does require... Uh, uh, fear from a certain point of view. Right. 
but that's where we've begin to that's where we've begun to set aside our fear yep. of the Lord, knowing that He is all powerful and He is all loving, and right. He has the power and the care to to care for us. Right. I look at the children of Israel mm-hmm. when they've come to the Red Sea, and there's no way to go forward. Yeah, and they turn around, and here's the enemy, hot on their heels. Yeah, and they're so angry because now there seems to be no way forward, no way to the left or right. We can't go right. back. Right, they're right back there. They're afraid of the enemy coming to kill them. They're afraid of what? Yeah, where do we go now? Right, and they tell Moses, "We would rather have just yeah stayed there, right, in slavery." Because at least we knew what the outcome was going to be. Yeah. They had this anxiety of, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And they would rather have stayed in bondage. This is like mind-blowing to me, but it's also yeah. everyone today as well. Yeah, exactly. They would rather have stayed in bondage because at least they knew what was coming. Right, right. Than walk in the fear of God, knowing that he holds tomorrow, but I don't know what I don't know what's coming. What that means, yeah. And sometimes that is challenging to, sure. to say... It's more comfortable to to reside in a yeah state of bondage right of that fear and anxiety than it is to just say I'm giving all of my fear to you yeah. God yeah and I don't know yeah. what tomorrow holds but I trust you in everything right that can be hard it can be very hard and and you're right there are people maybe right now listening that are saying hey but there are things that are scary. Yeah. So what do I do about that stuff? Yeah. You know, because I can't just act like it doesn't exist. It's easy for us to sit here and talk oh, about the children yeah. of Israel. We Didn't can. they know the Red Sea was going to part? Mike, just hold on a minute. Yes. He's going to raise his staff. You'll be fine. Exactly. It's we easy have. for us to say that because we know the end of the story. We have the great luxury of reading yeah. the book of Exodus and just flipping past yeah. the chapter of when total you, anxiety. When you've come to your Red Sea, when you've come to that front where you don't see a way out, logically, right, right. the human explanation of yes. how I can get out of this situation, yes. this this is scary. This is terrifying. Exactly. Well, and and that's where the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And in the fear, when fear is placed in God, it, it manifests itself as wisdom. Okay, so yeah. let's get, use an example. If you're... Uh, there, there are reasons why you, uh, there may be a travel advisory that comes out and says there's a, there's a country that's in civil war and, and there are uh, renegade armies roaming the streets and people are being ravaged. Uh, a person who fears God would not, just because they fear God and nothing else, doesn't yeah. mean that they're going to get on a plane and go into that yeah. war-torn country, right. step into that street and say, I fear God and nothing else. And No, it, it's the beginning of wisdom. So it doesn't have torment, it has wisdom. God, when you fear him, begins to give you direction, yeah. begins to speak to your mind. And it doesn't necessarily take away the emotion but, but notice, fear is always looking for a place to land. Mm. This is why you can get through one trial, and, and you, you're 10 minutes past the resolution of that trial, yeah. and you're on to the next thing to fear. Now it's, oh, great, yeah, but, but in four days, I got to do this and that. And, and, I, and it, it can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be relational, because fear is always looking for a place to land. It's looking for God. Fear is looking for God. Fear is in you, and it's looking for the place where it naturally and spiritually plugs in. It plugs into God. 
plug it into God. And when you begin to fear him, your fear of other things begins to dissipate. So the key is not to stop fearing other things. No, no. Right. The key is to fear God. And once you fear God, you're going to find it easier to overcome the fear you have of other things. So Solomon said uh, at the end of Ecclesiastes, of course, this is him coming to the end of everything. The wisest man who ever lived besides Jesus, behold, a greater than Solomon is here. But Solomon said this. Let's hear the conclusion of the matter. What is the whole duty of man? What is the whole duty of man? And he could have said a lot there if he were just taking a guess at it, but yeah. he, was, he wasn't. He was, he was writing under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And instead of saying, I think worshiping God is the whole duty of yeah. man, or, or in the great commandment, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. But Solomon was able to recognize how that those things are all encapsulated in fearing God morally revering him. And so, so he said the whole duty of man is to fear God and to keep his commandments. If you look at the great commandment, Jesus said it's the great commandment because if you do the, the great commandment, right. you will keep all the law and the prophets. Yeah. He, John said this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And Solomon was simply acknowledging the fact that the fear of the Lord is is an all encompassing uh, has an all encompassing role to play in the keeping of his commandments. Going back to uh, to Moses and the Red Sea, you notice what they did there. Uh, they said, "Can't go forward, can't go back, can't go to the left, can't go to the right." What do we do? Uh, yeah. Now I like what Brother Tenney said. Brother Tenney said it this way. He said, "The people said, let 'Let's go back.' Moses said, stand still.'" God said, go forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like that. But, but it's important to note that Moses said, stand still. Yeah. That's what you do when you don't know what to do. And that's what you do when you can't seem to manage the fear around you. And you're not sure. Your fear is looking for a place to land. It's, it's all wrapped up with this. It's all wrapped up with that. Stand still. And, and see the salvation of the Lord. This is an important thing to know about standing still. Standing still doesn't mean nothing's getting done. Yeah. Standing still means you're not putting your grubby fingers on it mm-hmm. and messing it all up. Standing still means you stand still so God can move. Because while they were standing still, there was an east wind forming that was going to push those waters back. The importance of standing still is found in the, in the, in the ability to, to, to stand right in that place where God is. God is in this moment. He's in this moment. That's why he told Moses, I am that I am. Uh, and, and it's important that you know that God is, that he is the I am. Those are moment. That's moment language. Yeah. So many people live in the past. You're going to be tormented if you live in the past, fear will get you, you. You'll start fearing things, and it'll it'll take on the form of regret. It'll take on the form of of just pointless worry about things you can't fix. Because Job said, "I went backward; I couldn't find him. I go to the left, to the right; I go forward, and he is not there. But he knoweth the way I take." 
In other words, I don't have to go forward to find him or backward. You can't go back and find God in your past. You can't go forward and find him in your future. God is here. He's where you are right now. Don't worry about something that's happening 10 days from now. Why not? Because your mind is trying to take your body somewhere. Your mind is trying to go somewhere your body can't go. Yeah. And so you're, you're left in this, this conflict where your spirit is trying to push out into the unknown and, and your whole person is standing there like, but I'm right here. How do I get there? So what, what is the result? You worry, you worry, you worry. It's okay to plan, but it's not okay to worry. Worry is your cue to worship. Amen. Worry is your cue to worship. If you're worried right now, just start worshiping God. And, and don't fear the thing you're worried about. Fear God. Say, God, you're the only thing worthy of my moral reverence. Fear takes on such a negative connotation because we put it in so many other things. But actually, it's one of the healthiest things. If you fear God, you'll make wise choices sound decisions, fearing God and nothing else will give you the ability to, to, to practice discretion and to practice sound judgment in leading your family. When you fear other things, you're going to misstep and, and make unnecessary mistakes. So fearing God is clean. Fearing God is pure. Fearing God is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. So I want to encourage you today yeah. to fear God and nothing else in the same way that you would trust God and nothing else, have faith in God and nothing else, worship God and nothing else. Fear God and don't fear anything else. Don't try to stop fearing things. Just start fearing God and ask him to help you. That's key in all this. You have to ask the Lord, Lord, help me to fear you. I don't know what that means. Help me to begin to get into my emotions and direct them and lead them into the proper way of having a relationship with you where I have a healthy fear of the Lord. Yeah. When Job starts getting into that, right before chapter 38 and 39, where maybe some um, unwise statements are made by he and his friends, it's because they stopped fearing the Lord. And if you want to have that fear of the Lord, if you want wisdom to come back in your life, go back and be reminded all that God has done. Yeah. Were you there yeah. when I created all this? And when you stop and look around at all that he has yes. created and his greatness, that's when your, your awe comes back. That's right. And you're like, okay, there that's it is. Right. That's I've right. heard somebody say, if you want to grow green grass, yeah. don't focus on killing the weeds. Just keep planting grass. That's right. You know, don't worry. Like Pastor said, don't worry about the things that you need to stop fearing. Just put all of your fear and moral reverence That's right. in the hands of the Lord. And, and you know, it, it, repentance plays a key role in all of this. Yeah. So many times there can be fear in us because in our heart of hearts, we know we're not right with God. But I'm going to tell you something. Nothing motivates repentance like the fear of God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what, when we talk about old time preaching, that pricks the heart, convicts the heart. What was that preaching? It's putting the fear of God in us. Yeah. <laughs> is putting the fear of God in us. And, yeah. and, and the Bible talks about saving some with fear. And so it's, it's, it's not an unhealthy fear, and it shouldn't be unhealthy. It shouldn't be condemnation and shame-induced. It should be 
a healthy fear of the Lord, a healthy moral reverence to know God is holy and he has all power and he has all love. And that will give you a sound mind. Yeah, That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Don't let your mind, your thoughts dwell in the past. Don't let your mind and your thoughts Go before. That's right. Let your mind and your thoughts stay yes, yes. on him because yes. you trust in him. That's right. And Amen. That's, that's so important. Really quick before we conclude, that's I just right. want to point out that a lot of times when we say that, I think people feel like, um, how, do I, how, do I, how do I not let my thoughts? Because my thoughts are so unruly. They're just all over the place. And, yeah. and, and, and your thoughts escalate, escalate, escalate to this point of anxiety. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you with your thoughts. And, and it'll be a situation that your thoughts will begin to come into order. And it'll be because the Lord has been invited into the circumstances. and He will help you with your thoughts. Yes, he will. He, he does not desire that we fear That's man right. or fear what man can do That's right. to us, but fear him. Yes. He'll keep us in the palm of his hand. Amen. We pray that this has been a blessing to you today. I know that this this message and thought has blessed me and blessed many others. I pray that today, whatever you're facing, you put that fear into the hands of the Lord. We pray that you be blessed today. We love you. Be blessed in Jesus' name.